Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bonus Years Podcast. It's Brooke and I am flying solo for this episode to remember my liver's day of birth 16 years ago and reflect on transplant day. Stay with me. I just recently celebrated my liver's 16th birthday. Um, I celebrate the anniversary of my liver transplant, June 24th, 2005, each year. And as I celebrated, I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk to you about what happens inside me, the transplant recipient, um, in my mind, my heart, my body, the week of um, the anniversary of this very special event in my life. So if you've listened to some of our earlier podcasts, you can hear um, the different parts of my transplant story and you can hear where um, where the journey started and where we ended up. Um, and this episode isn't so much about the story of my transplant as much as the emotion and the um, mental the mental toll it took on me. Um, and so I just wanted to take some time to, to share with you um, a few things that I think about every year. Um, and a few rituals I have um, that I celebrate um, and that I do every time I have a liver birthday. Um, I know that any of you who have uh, an organ transplant or are part of the transplant community as a donor or a donor family, these dates don't go by um, unnoticed in our lives. We all um, have them on our calendar. We we remember um, our donors. We remember how it felt going into surgery. Um, a lot of us, even if we can't verbalize what we feel and what we remember, um, our bodies remember what is a traumatic surgical event for, for all the recipients. And so um, in 16 years, I've learned some things and I'm still learning some things. I hope I never stop learning. Um, I also just, you know, I can't believe that I am lucky enough to have 16 years of a bonus life um, because of an organ donor. So I just always want to start by um, remembering and being grateful uh, for the gift of life that has allowed me to pursue my dreams, that's allowed me to have um, a marriage to a partner that I adore, that has allowed me to adopt two beautiful children um, and get to know them and see them thrive in this world. Every year, the week of my liver transplant is an interesting one for me. Um, I would say that I get kind of in a funk. I don't exactly know how to identify all the emotions that I'm feeling, but I feel a lot of things. And I think it's because there are a lot of feelings and emotions involved with my story. I wanted to take time to share with you um, what happens when a transplant patient remembers transplant day and how that looks 16 years later after a liver transplant. This episode is really all about feelings, uh, emotions, I'm not super good at that. Um, I'm great at telling other people it's okay to cry, but I'm not so good at doing it myself. And so as I sit here recording this, I'm remembering my story. And I wanted to share with you that day and how I look at it now. There are a few things I remember very vividly. 
I remember I was already in the hospital, knowing that I was waiting for a transplant, knowing I was on the list. And I was with my mom and my aunt in the evening and my nurse who normally brought in my snack came in and said, you don't get a snack today. Uh, We found you a donor. I remember that moment being so overwhelmed, so excited, really, that I didn't have to hope anymore that we'd find a match in time for me to stay alive. Um, And as quickly as we celebrated and remembered that, um, it's like the room got still. And I looked at my mom and I looked at my aunt and I looked at my nurse and we all felt the weight of the fact that somewhere another family is grieving that someone they loved very much just died. And it's one of those moments in my life where I can honestly call it a holy moment for us. It's, it was heavy. It was beautiful. It was hard. And we all stopped right then. And I remember just offering a prayer, thanking God for my organ (laughs) my liver, and thanking God for this family who, in the middle of what had to be one of the hardest days of their life, chose uh, to donate the organs of their loved ones so that I could live. It's unbelievable when I think about it. Those are the kind of decisions you hope no one ever has to make. And yet here we are, a lot of transplant patients waiting for an organ. How do you pray for that? How do you ask God to give you an organ when you know that someone else has to die for you to get it? I didn't know how to pray, and I still don't. What I do know is that I've learned that in that moment, I wanted to honor my donor with my life. I wanted to honor my donor with the choices I made, with the way I lived, because I was getting a second chance at life, and I wanted it to mean something. We immediately started prepping for surgery. Couldn't eat. Making sure I had all the IV lines. Uh, It just felt like a hustle for a while. I can't remember exactly what we did, but I remember there was a lot going on. Lots of paperwork, lots of questions. My family was getting called saying, hey, there's been a match found. Surgery is going to be happening. And... I didn't have the wherewithal to even ask questions. I didn't know what to ask. I didn't want to know what recovery would be like because it wasn't like I had an option in receiving this transplant to stay alive. I just knew I had to do it. And I remember getting on the gurney and being wheeled down to the operating room. I remember singing as I was being put to sleep. And I remember one of the most um, scary moments of my life is when I woke up from anesthesia. I had no idea how long it had been. And the nurse saying, hey, you have a new liver. Um, We're going to go back in and check on some things because we can't tell if it's working properly. And that's the first time I remember thinking, oh, I could die. I could die today. It was, it was scary. I know that my family was sitting in the waiting room and they were told the same thing and I know they were terrified. So we hoped for the best and we prayed and we waited. I had the easiest part of the deal that day because I just laid there. 
but the trauma that other people maybe experienced that day um, in their their minds and their hearts, I felt in my body, and I still do to this day. When we talk about celebrating my liver's birthday, we we make a big deal of it around here. Maybe even more than my actual birthday. Because without my liver's birthday, I wouldn't be celebrating any birthdays at all. But the week of my transplant every year, something happens in my body. I get in a funk. I, I want to be alone. I want to reflect on my transplant day. I want to think about the things that happened, what I can remember, how I was cared for. I want to remember the hard stuff. I want to remember uh, the good moments. And it's really hard to explain to someone who hasn't been there. And so I have a few rituals and remembrances that I do every year, uh, the week of my transplant birthday. And I wanted to share some of those with you. I'm extremely grateful for my donor. And I spend a lot of time that week um, just remembering and being grateful. That's, that's one of the bigger things I do. I also remember that there's a family grieving for him somewhere. Um, that amidst my <laughs> glorious celebration of life, that they are also grieving a death. And my body, my body has memory. It's like it knows that there was trauma and it remembers the time of year. And I have to navigate what that feels like. I have a black box I keep in my keepsakes. It's full of cards from people who wrote me letters or prayers or sent me cards while I was in the hospital. Some are hilarious. Some are jokes. Some are just pages and pages of handwritten prayers that are tear-stained by people who love me. And I like to, to open that box every year when I'm by myself and read every note, read every card, remember the people who were my support system and encouragement during that time. Some of them I don't talk to anymore. Some of them have died. It's been 16 years after all. But in that moment, I hold space for my grief and I hold space for the laughs and the jokes that friends shared with me. I received a package with a tiara and a card that said, we know you love attention, Brooke, but don't you think you could have gotten it in an easier way? <laughs> and it's still one of my favorite memories because I needed someone to lighten the mood. I always do something to share about organ donation. So... The biggest thing for me is to throw an epic liver birthday party every year. Now, it's looked, it's looked different over the years, um, and the attendance at the party has been different people <laughs> over the years. It was college parties where we had a liver-shaped birthday cake, and I shared about organ donation uh, into my adult life, my married life, where I just had a few close friends come over. One year, I threw a big birthday party where we played uh, organ transplant Jeopardy and we played pin the liver on the human body. Those are the moments that uh, make it fun, that make it memorable, that I enjoy being creative about to share organ donation with the people in my life. A lot of people ask me why I retell this story, why I share so much of the pain, so much of the hardness of getting a transplant. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great to, to find other people who have had transplants and have the support in that community. But the reason that I tell the story, the reason that I take time to remember every, every year, 
is because I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget my donor. I don't want to forget how I felt. I don't want to forget how life has changed. Why does it matter to remember? Because story matters. Because vulnerability matters. Because allowing yourself to feel your feelings matters. The bonus years is all about finding hope in the heart. And that stemmed from this one event in my life where I found hope in a really hard thing. And now I want other people to do the same. We practice gratitude. We grieve. I've learned that grief and gratitude are intricately connected and you can't really separate the two. I can't separate them. I think it's valuable to share with you my story because your story might be similar. It may not be a transplant, but I can bet that you've grieved, that you've been through something hard, and that maybe today you need hope. It matters to me because people matter to me. There are lots of things I'm still fighting for in my life. Lots of things I'm advocating for. Yes, for more organ donors. Yes, for awareness. But for myself, I'm advocating for whole health. I want these bonus years to mean something. I want to wake up without side effects of medication. I want to live without the struggle of my mental illness every day. I'm still advocating for myself. And I found incredible support in social media communities over the past year of the pandemic. I've been able to connect with my friend Alicia in Canada, my friend Danny in the UK, my friend Megan on the East Coast, and so many more of, of you. Where when I hear your stories, I realize I'm not alone. You're not alone. We're at different stages of our journey. Sometimes we give each other hope and sometimes we provide a listening ear when venting is required because there aren't other people who always get what we're going through. The most authentic relationships I have in my life right now are the people who have been through the hard stuff. And we can talk about it. We can name it. We don't have to tiptoe around the issue. We tell our stories and we boldly share how we're changing, how we're thinking, and how we're growing. And we also know how to fight for ourselves. And we know how to fight for each other. And that's my hope for you today. There was really no agenda behind this reflection except that I wanted to take the time and share. Share that you're not alone. Share that you matter. That people would notice if you were gone. That when you look in the mirror, you are worthy and you are valued and you are completely loved for who you are. And that some days are harder than others. And we can support each other in that. So I'm not going to be one to sugarcoat my journey, my mental health, my difficulties. There was a time in my life where maybe I would have tried to make everything sound better because I wanted people to think transplants were perfect and wonderful. And the truth is there are holes in the system and there are needs that we still have as patients that we can't get met. Y'all, all of us are real people. We all have our own stuff. And it matters to me that we take time to say, hey, here's my real journey. Here's my real, my real feelings. Here's what I really go through. Thank you for listening today. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for our podcast community and our social media community. I would love to hear your story. Please share it. Email me. Tag me on social. We can find hope in hard 